0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Rise and Shine, a show where us four Asian American teens discuss life from our perspective. I'm Grace. I'm Sophie. I'm Ava. And I'm Lauren. And today is our third episode of the series Asians on Screen, a series where we talk about movies, TV shows, and short films that have Asian American directors, writers, producers, and/or actors. Today, we're going to be talking about the rom-com Crazy Rich Asians that was based on the novel written by Kevin Kwan. But before we get into it, I just wanted to give everyone a quick disclaimer. Since we're going to be talking about the plot of the movie, there will be spoilers. And even though rom-coms usually have somewhat of a predictable ending, if you want to go ahead and watch the movie, you can come back later for our opinions. Also, we just wanted to say thank you for 330 downloads. It's crazy how fast we're hitting these milestones, and it's all thanks to you. My first question to everyone is, have you seen the movie?
1: Yeah, I actually watched it yesterday for this episode because I'd seen it on, like, airplane movie catalogs and, like, just around, but I never watched it for some reason. But, yeah, I heard it was really good, so I was excited to watch it yesterday, And I actually finished it this morning and like first impressions of it. Like when I first started watching, I was like, oh, I mean, it's like it's like a rom-com, but then it it definitely picks up towards the end. And I think it covered some really important topics. So, yeah, I think it was a really good movie and I I'm glad I watched it.
2: Yeah, back to that airplane part. I when I first watched it, I watched on the airplane to, I think, China. And I just watched it again yesterday, just to recap for this episode. And sort of same with you. I think first impressions were the same, and I definitely really, I think it really picks up toward the end. Like at the beginning, it was kind of like, eh, I mean, it was good, but it really got good toward the end.
3: I watched it when I was sick, and I, I don't know. I didn't really have any like ideas of what it would be like going into it i just knew it'd be like a rom-com i mean i'm not that well versed in romance but like so i didn't really know what to expect like i wasn't like oh this will be one of those typical ones because i didn't know what one of those typical ones would be like but i think i watched it and it was really good like at the end like i don't know like we're all saying it definitely picks up
0: for me, I'm, like, the complete opposite. I live for rom-coms. They're probably, like, my comfort movie genre. Like, I watch a ton of rom-coms. I watch Korean rom-coms. I watch American rom-coms. I watch French and <laughs> British, like, England English rom-coms. So I'm, like, I'm probably, like, a rom-com expert, you could say. And to be honest, Crazy Rich Asians, like, Obviously, it is a rom-com, but I think it definitely has, like, more details that sort of separate it from, like, the average rom-com. And for anybody who doesn't really know what the movie's about, I'm going to give you guys a quick little um, summary of the plot. So basically, Crazy Rich Asians is about Nick Young and his girlfriend, Rachel Chu. Nick Young is super rich famous and he's a member of high society and Rachel is a New York native girl who was raised by her single mother and they end up going on this trip to attend Nick's best friend's wedding in Singapore and there Rachel is introduced to that high society and also Nick's family who's again extremely wealthy and Nick and Rachel start having like Kind of arguments and differences because they're from different backgrounds and nick's mother eleanor clearly shows that she doesn't like rachel because of her background and there ends up being a lot of drama and rachel calls her mom to come and right before her and her mom go to leave back to new york rachel asks eleanor to meet with her and then rachel tells eleanor that she rejected nick's proposal for eleanor's sake But right as Rachel and her mom board the plane, Nick proposes to Rachel again, but with Eleanor's ring. They end up having an engagement party in Singapore, and they live happily ever after. Um, Even though the plot I just shared kind of seems like the typical rom-com, Crazy Rich Asians has, I would say, a lot of details in both the movie and the book.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you first start watching it, you do kind of get, like, the same vibe as more typical rom-coms, but I really loved the execution, how it, like, gradually built up to become such an intense and, like, detailed plot. Like, there were a lot of things that made this movie so different from others, and, like, one of the biggest ones is, like, all Asian cast movies, like, centered around Asians, and I thought that was really cool because all of the actors, like, you know, had like similar skin tone, similar features. So I thought that was really cool because I realized like we don't actually see that very often. And so I can get why it was like really hyped up when it first um, was released. And honestly, the plot was like kind of blew my mind. Like it was kind of like the basic rom-com, but make it like 10 times better, more complex maybe. And... Like you said with the ending, when he proposes again with Eleanor's ring, that part made me cry. Like seriously gave me chills. Like it was that like motif of the mom's ring returning as like a symbol of being worthy, you know? Okay. Kind of. It really enhanced the overall message of the movie. And I was like thinking about that motif a lot. (laughs) That sounds really funny. But, um yeah, I really, really liked how they executed the plot and connected everything back to, like, the mom's story, Eleanor, also relating to Rachel.
3: I... Yeah, like... Or you want to go ahead, Grace? No, it's okay. Okay. Um, so I know we're all talking about the ending, but the beginning, I really liked that and how... They were showing, like, you know, often in, like, some of these, this kind of movie, like, it gave off the vibe of, like, Asians in their own world, you know, kind of deal, because, like, you know, they were in Singapore and whatnot, but I really liked how they did show the um, injustice towards Asians, how, at the beginning, the mom was coming in from the rain, and she was like, hey, we need a- Oh,
1: yeah.
3: Oh, my gosh. I I forgot about
1: that. Yeah, I forgot about that, too. That was incredible
3: yeah like, so I that scene was really cool and like yeah I really liked how the beginning showed how like and throughout the whole movie the strength of women because from the mom like buying the hotel and being like okay like take my coat now you're fired and then there's Rachel who's a professor at such a young age and there's all an Astrid who goes and like shows her husband what's up you know like I really liked mm-hmm. how it was, also, it was an Asian anthem as well as a
1: feminist anthem. Totally. Like, there was a ton of women empowerment in this movie, and I really appreciated that. And I was actually going to talk about this, but something that really stuck with me, you know, well, we were talking about Astrid, but she said, it's not my job to make you feel like a man. And that, like, oof, whoa, <laughs> chills, you know? Like, I kind of picked myself that. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. But uh, it brings light (laughs) to a lot of different things, like, first of all, like, toxic masculinity, you know, like, it isn't the woman's job to make the man feel masculine or whatever, like, if your masculinity is so fragile that, like, if your wife is more wealthy than, like, that just doesn't make sense to me. So it brings light to that sort of issue, and it, like, it just has a lot of meaning, And I thought that scene was incredible. When she just, like, walked out, she, like, took the kid and left. I was like, "Ah," you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I love Astrid, and I think
0: her character adds a ton of depth because, I don't know, everybody, like, the second Rachel and Nick got to Singapore, everybody was, like, so wealthy and high class, and everyone was kind of judging Rachel for not having that background and astrid was that one character who like really understand rachel and i don't know i think she's my favorite character in crazy rich asians by far i think her like storyline and her arc and her like character development is just so good and like she's so iconic i know
1: i literally want to be here so bad
0: yeah same. like she's
1: rich she's cool she's powerful. she's
0: rich she's rich yeah and most of all i think astrid is like one of the best characters because she's like really kind and humble like there's that one scene in the beginning where she's like at that jewelry like i don't oh, know yeah, well, i don't know kid. what it was the
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah the was kid the so kid and the bunny level yeah that was so i don't know she's a really powerful character and i think this film was had a more like powerful scenes than i thought it would i thought it would just be like a typical rom-com but that's something i really liked about it do you know who my favorite character was i don't who? remember her name but aquafina's character oh, my, yeah. oh Aquafina! i yeah, love yeah. me
3: and grace love Aquafina. Oh like gosh. i've told the story before but we were watching Jumanji and I was <gasps> sitting with Sophie and I'm like, Sophie, oh my gosh, it's Aquafina. And she's like, who? And I look over to Grace. We like make eye contact. We're like,
1: it's Aquafina.
3: I thought you meant like the water
1: brand. And yeah, I was no, no, like, same. Oh my Lauren. God.
0: Yeah, I honestly love Aquafina's character. It was like take Lynn. It was like go pick Lynn, something like that. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. she really brings out the calm and rom-com. Like she made the movie. I don't even have to rewatch the movie. I would rather just watch like a compilation of Aquafina's scenes in the movie. And, no,
3: literally. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, they're so funny.
3: Aquafina, if you're listening to this, please be my friend. Please be me and Grace's friend. <laughs> we love you. We love you. <laughs> Another like really funny
0: character was um, Ken Jong's character. Oh, I'm not yeah, sure how um, to pronounce the, the dad. Why did I say both? Well? The right. dad. <laughs> um, but Ken Jong's character was so funny, and I think like they did such a great job with the cast because it's the perfect balance of like really attractive people and really talented people, really funny people, and I don't know, all the characters just like fit like a puzzle, and it really like brought the movie. And I think Ken Jong, like I love you. He yes, did so good um, in this so movie, cool.
3: okay. There's this one line of his that just lives in my head rent free where it's where he and um Rachel are meeting, and he's like, Well, both of you went to the states for college, oh, one wow. went and became a professor, and the other came back as the Asian Ellen. <laughs> <It's>
1: <laughs> so funny to me, I heard that part, and it took me a bit to like understand it, and I was like, Oh,
0: I mean. Okay, I feel like I have so many favorite scenes in this movie, but if I had to name a couple, number one, the wedding, the iconic the wedding. wedding. Oh I get chills thinking about the wedding. And then um, that party boat scene <laughs>
3: with. <laughs> okay, <Eddie. laughs> so we saw that for the first time, or like I rewatched it with my family and um, my brother. I don't know. Now it's just this running joke about Ballin' Colin. Because, you know, that was the name. It was, like, Ballin' Colin's bachelor party. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, was it? who? Who's... In international I think was like, waters.
0: Yeah, Jimmy Yang's... Jimmy um, Yang. Yes. His character, so funny. And that party boat scene is so iconic. And, I don't know, it was such a beautiful movie. Like, they... Like rich people really have like cool lives. Like I know
2: <laughs> literally I know,
0: I know we're like supposed to be thankful and stuff, but like wow, like I wanna be rich and like especially in Asia, all the all that food and the parties and we just want the ball Just their the lifestyle. Party. Yeah. So I think like the cinematography, like all the scenes with the views and stuff of Singapore, so so good. Um, what were
2: your guys' favorite scenes? I think my favorite scenes are definitely the ones with Haiklin and um, Ken Jung's character. I forget the name always, but yeah, I thought those were really funny, and yeah, I kept on laughing. <laughs> it was great.
1: Yeah, like Grace was saying, the wedding scene gave me chills. It was so beautiful. Like when everything went silent, and it was just like that woman singing. But then like water started flowing down the aisle and then she came out and she looked like a mermaid and it was just so pretty. And, and then the went, lights, yeah, oh my gosh. It was so beautiful. Like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life oh, perhaps. Wow. And like when like Rachel and Nick were looking at each other, like chills, chills. And then she came down the aisle and it was just so pretty. So that scene really stuck out to me. Like, I think about it like every second, you know? <laughs> like, ever since I finished that scene, I think about it nonstop. So, like, Wedding and Spo for that. And then <laughs> Wedding and Spo <laughs> were 14. <laughs> yeah. So then, I don't know if I, you guys know, like, exactly which one I'm talking about, but the first party where uh, Nick and Rachel showed up together at, there's this long scene. Of, with, like, no cuts, and it was just them, like, weaving in between people together, and then it would be, like, oh, she got carried off with this person, and I thought it was really cool, because while I was watching it, I realized, like, whoa, there's no cuts, like, it's so fluid, and this was before she, like, met the people, just to clarify, like, that was, this is before that, it's, like, the original, like, entrance sort of bit, I'm trying to describe it so that everyone knows what I'm talking about, but it was such a fluid scene, and it was really well done, because, like, A lot could have gone wrong because it was like a minute straight, just like the camera going in between people and like following Rachel and Nick, you know, and then when they got split up, it would follow one person. So that was incredible cinematography that I don't see very often. Like a lot of stuff could have gone wrong, like an extra could have walked in at the wrong time. But I think. I think they intentionally did that to kind of show how overwhelming that scene was for Rachel because it was just kind of nonstop because we're used to seeing cuts and cuts, but there weren't any of those. Yeah, back to what Sophie was saying about like the beginning of
2: the
0: movie. I think we all talk about how like the ending had so many details, but the beginning of the movie was actually like super good too. There was this one scene when um, Nick and his best friend Rachel and then like Nick's feet, Nick's best friend's fiance they're like just hanging out in singapore and they're going to like you know like the night market things like with all the the food stands and stuff and they're trying like all this new food and they're drinking and stuff like that i think so much of the movie is about that like high class high society super rich and famous people and all of that like super i don't know like the big parties and luxury and stuff like that so I think that like beginning scene when they're just you know hanging out in Singapore and they're just casually you know eating and wearing casual clothes and they're just regular people I think that's like such a good scene because it really shows the contrast between like the two worlds
1: yeah it's like normal person by day rich person at night (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's also like that's what Rachel was comfortable
0: with. Like, Rachel was super, like, she was having the time of her life, you know, trying those new foods in Singapore and hanging out with her boyfriend and other friends. And then she gets thrown into Nick's, I guess, background and, like, what Nick is used to. And she's super overwhelmed and uncomfortable, and she ends up almost leaving.
3: So this is kind of going back to Sophie was saying about the cinematography, but... You know how, like, in a lot of movies, it feels like you're watching from the outside, right? You know? like you're Yeah, watching- like, you're the audience. Uh, the audience. But I feel like with this movie, like, especially in the part where they were in the night market, it felt like you were watching it like you were there with them, kind of.
0: Mm, yeah, like, you were experiencing it, too, in real time. Because, like, I don't know. All the sounds were so accurate like the busyness of the night market and stuff like that it just felt so real so like yeah I get what you're saying
3: yeah I think same with the party scenes how they just had like the like the fluid motion like Sophie was saying and also just like the it just felt very natural you know like with a lot of uh films when they put in extras and whatever it feels very very scripted but with this one it just felt like you were at the party and the party was just a normal thing
1: you know Yeah, I think the cinematography really helped enhance the emotions that were, like, supposed to be felt while watching certain scenes. Like, for example, when Rachel was running away from the party, the camera movement was really choppy. It was, like, cutting back and forth, back and forth. And that kind of communicated, like, the frantic headspace that Rachel was in and how overwhelming the party was. Because it's like, chop, 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 chop. It's like her trying to get through the crowd and her emotions are like really strong and she feels scattered. And I think they definitely did a great job showing that through the cinematography. So that was really like, (laughs) that was really like genius, you know?
3: Yeah. I think especially like how you're saying with the timing of it, like you would see the contrast of between like the first party where she's meeting everyone to the wedding, where everything's slowed down, everything's going more, like, and they could they had an opportunity, as much as weddings are a slow event, they had opportunities to make it fast and do whatever, but I think what you're saying about, like, the timing, and like, like you're saying, it really represents her headspace, and I think that also just brings you more into it as a, not as an audience, but as a person, you know? I think the actors and actresses also did
0: an amazing job of bringing the characters to life. Like, especially Constance Wu. Like, the scenes where she's super emotional, like, at the wedding, or, like, after she gets proposed to for the second time, or when she's meeting with Eleanor and, you know, they're playing mahjong. Like, you can literally see the tears in her eyes. Like, her eyes are, like, glossy. And, like, you can see so much emotion in her eyes. And, like, it makes... It, like, makes me sad. Like, I don't have a rich boyfriend, but, like, I understand. Like, I understood the struggle of having a rich boyfriend. And she really just, like, she did such a good job of making the audience feel the character's pain. And even though it's, like, a lighthearted rom-com with, you know, um, lots of, you know, funny parts and stuff like that, like, she really... um she really highlighted the emotional parts too.
3: Yeah, Connie yeah. Oh. she's such a good actor. Like, I before watching Crazy Rich Asians, I was watching um Fresh Off the Boat, and she plays the mom in Fresh Off the Boat, and sh- she's like the tiger mom, whatever. She's like, I don't know how to explain her character, but she's like a quirky tiger mom almost, but. You know, like, you're used to seeing her as that character, but to see her switch from being mom of three teenage boys to being a um, young professor who has this rich boyfriend from Singapore, like, you would think that they're two different people, but it's played by the same person. And I think it's just really cool to
1: see her um,
3: versatility as an actress.
1: Yeah, I think that's showcased um, a lot in a lot of the actors. Like, I know some actors kind of play the same role in, like, all of their movies. And I'm thinking of a couple, but, like, you know, that's not the point. (laughs) But I love to see the versatility that she plays, like you guys said. And sorry to, like, totally go off track, but Grace mentioned the mahjong scene. And that scene, like, that scene was crazy. I don't know how to explain it, but, like, there were so many details that really added to the plot. Like, like Grace said, like you could see the emotion in her eyes and the mom's eyes. Cause like the mom, she's really stoic, you know, she doesn't have emotions, but in that moment you can see like what she's feeling just by looking at her. And then the part where Rachel like let the mom win, that was like, it was like symbolic of her handing Nick over to the family, like letting the mom win the battle that they've been like fighting with each other for the whole trip. It's, like, it's so symbolic, and, like, I couldn't stop thinking about that. Like, it's incredible, honestly.
0: And it's also not,
1: like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to let you
0: win. It was really showing, like, how mature Rachel was because, obviously, like, she loves Nick. Like, she wanted to marry that guy, but she's showing, like, um, her maturity by, you know... I guess, expressing her respect for Eleanor and their family.
1: Yeah, like, by stepping away, she's showing massive respect. And it was, like, really powerful because she could have won everything, but she gave it up. And that's symbolic, both in the mahjong and, like, with what happened, like Grace said. So that was just, that was really incredible.
2: Yeah, I thought the mahjong scene was really powerful because the game itself was sort of analogy for Eleanor and Rachel's struggle and conflict over Nick, because the card that, or the tile that she, uh, Rachel places down at the very end, which is Ba eight of sticks, um, is part of her, that could have aided in her winning, but she throws it down for Eleanor, knowing that Eleanor, that's also a crucial piece for her to win, sort of making an ultimate sacrifice, which was really powerful.
1: Yeah, like, putting down that tile kind of symbolized her, like, giving Nick to her, the ba you know?
0: Another thing that I want to talk about is the outfits, the wardrobe of the movie. I personally, like, I could just watch this movie over and over again just for the aesthetics. I think, I don't, I'm not sure if it's because, like, they're rich, but, like, they have such good outfits, uh, like, for example, the bride at the wedding. I think her dress was gorgeous, um, Astrid's looks. Astrid killed everything. And then obviously, Rachel's dress at the wedding, the blue one. it's so pretty. Do you guys like remember Cinderella. any?: Yeah, I know. Do you guys remember any like, I guess, outfits or dresses or like any sort of details regarding the wardrobe of the movie?
3: When Um, Awkwafina pulls up to the party in her Tesla with five... Oh my god, that scene. Oh my god, that's (laughs) so so
1: funny. (laughs) That was hilarious. Yeah, I noticed that in the beginning of the movie, the outfits were more simplistic, kind of resembling Rachel's simplistic life compared to what she was about to be thrown into. So like the red dress that she wore. Um, at first that her mom recommended for her was just super basic and then when she found out about Nick's family and Aquafina's character was like oh you're gonna wear that um the outfits completely or increasingly got more complex as she started to get more and more overwhelmed with the situation at hand you know like everything was starting to build up which kind of I think that showed through the wardrobe because everything got more and more complex until eventually it like broke, you know, when she was wearing that beautiful dress and then she ended up running out of the party, it, like, kind of brings her back to her roots when she wears the more simplistic clothes again, because I feel like she's probably more accustomed to that since she's, like, she just got thrown into this world of rich people that she never expected. And so, like, returning to her normal wardrobe kind of symbolizes her returning to her regular life and same with Nick like when he came onto the plane he was wearing like casual clothes again it was like their relationship was restored back to what it once was that wasn't interrupted by their family and that's how they eventually became happy and I think that like the wardrobe shows that part of the story really well you know we talked
0: about this um a little towards the beginning but Sophie said that, like, her first impression of the movie was that, like, it was, like, pretty popular, but it was also, like, a classic rom-com. For me, I was, like, I didn't even, I ignored the fact that it was, like, a rom-com, and I was just so excited about the movie because it was, like, the first movie in 20-something years to have a full Asian cast, and as someone who also acted and did theater and stuff like that, I... I don't know. I had a really hard time, um, you know, booking characters and stuff because I was Asian. Like, I have a lot of stories about that that I can share some other time. But it was just really inspiring for me to see, like, a movie with a full Asian cast and also a movie that's based on a book that was written by an Asian American. So I was just so inspired by the movie, and to be honest, it did live up to my expectations. I think the storyline and all the details we just shared—it was just so good. And then, like the actual, um, the actual movie itself, I think it's just such a fun movie, and it's like my comfort movie now. So what were your guys' first impressions of the movie? Did you guys know that it was, like, the first movie in a really long time to have a full Asian cast? Um, Did it live up to your expectations?
1: Yeah, it um, definitely lived up to my expectations because I'd heard so many good things about it, and I didn't really know what made it unique until I watched it. And it, like, just the way that it made it seem like a simple rom-com at first and then built up this plot that brings like to racial issues and like division between Asians and Asian Americans like we saw that a lot like uh, Nick would be like she's Asian and then his mom would be like she's Asian American and I think that like brings light to I think how we feel because you know we're Asian Americans and sometimes that creates a barrier makes us feel like we aren't Asian enough to actually be Asian and connect with our family and stuff like that and I think that's, like, something I've never seen in a film before because it's not really spoken on a lot. And, like, just, like, the microaggressions that we see at the beginning. And, like, I just thought it was a really beautiful movie. Like, it combined so many important topics into, you know, two hours. And it also managed to have an entertaining plot. And you kind of learn stuff without trying to learn stuff. It was just, it was incredible. I would recommend it to everyone.
3: Like I said at the beginning, I didn't really have any expectations going into it. I just heard that it was popular and I was like, okay, I'll watch this. And, you know, I came out of it, like Sophie was saying, it's able to blend all these, like, really intense and deep topics while also having comedy. And, you know, like, throughout our episode so far, we've talked about how much, like, we've laughed at the scenes with Aquafina and Ken Jeong to how they've highlighted um, how women empowerment and all of that. And I think the movie was really
2: beautifully done. So I also recommend it. For me, I'm definitely not as into films as I think you guys are or the entertainment industry and stuff. But I definitely really enjoyed it and I would really recommend it to anyone. I think we would
0: all recommend this movie. Um, But before we close, um, lastly, what are your, your, I guess, thoughts and ratings for the movie and stuff
3: like that? I personally would rate it a nine. I am not that well versed in the rom-com world, but, like, I think I've only seen, like, one or two other rom-coms that are, like, your typical rom-com, but I think this is, like, on top you know because like we just said it is able to blend this comedy with deeper subjects and also have your usual cliche romance so
1: I'd give it a solid 9 I would I- give it a 9.46 uh, um, so exact <laughs> Why <would that> <laughs> well, I just did math <laughs> in my head I was like okay if I want but anyways yeah I would rate it uh, 9.46 just because like There were some scenes that I felt were kind of unnecessary, but those scenes, like, had nothing to do with the actual plot. They were just, like, the romantic scenes where they were just, like, kissing, and I was like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) let's move on. (laughs) But, yeah, I guess that kind of is supposed to be there for the romantic aspect, but I, like, that wasn't what I was focusing on during this movie. Like, I was focusing on the big details, not, like, those parts so there was a couple scenes like that and like i don't know there definitely could be improvements with like just the balance between all of the different um themes they're trying to include but overall i think it was an amazing movie like definitely very good i'm just saving my 10 so you know i'll save that for later that's
2: For me, I think I would give it a solid 8 out of 10. For rom-coms though, I would probably say a solid like 9.99 out of 10. I'm not like the biggest fan of rom-coms, but this one really was pretty unique in that sense. So I would think for general movies, 8 out of 10, because this this movie isn't really my type of movie. But for rom-coms, out of all the rom-coms I've seen, it's probably a 9.99, if that makes sense. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I the extra 9.9 9. 9. 9. <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
0: you know Ava I'm gonna give it that extra 0.01 and I'm gonna make it a 10 I don't know I just keep giving movies 10s because maybe it's because I'm choosing the movies that I like and reviewing them but I think Crazy Rich Asians is such a good movie um, it has such a fun storyline and I don't know it's just really fun to watch it's my comfort movie and even though it's pretty lighthearted and it has a really cute ending, um, it definitely does like sort of display the topics that we really need to be talking about, such as like the divide between different social classes and also like the divide between, like Sophie said, Asians and Asian-Americans. And there's it's so relatable and sort of like not relatable at all at the same time. And there's just so much about the movie that I love and I can go on for literally hours just praising this movie. And I think it really did live up to um, my standards of what an iconic Asian-American film would be. Yeah, so those were our thoughts about the 2018
2: iconic Crazy Rich Asians movie. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.